now. Can't remember my roommate's name. But we couldn't get into the our our room, and two exotic dancers came down the hallway and said, "Here you go. Let us give you a hand with that." How about that? I was 16. It was like, whoa. Andy Edmonton has checked in, by the way. She says, "Hmm. Flashback. I did find glitter around an ex's house all the way into the bedroom. Now you know. No charge." This is the Rod Peterson Show. Yeah. Thank you, Rick Regan. Welcome. Uh, get on up inside your favorite daytime sports talk show on Canadian television out of Toronto, Game Plus TV, but airing in 31 states. And on the radio in Atlanta, WQEE. I'm still patiently waiting for Atlanta to be named the 33rd market of the National Hockey League. And boy, won't life be grand. Let's bring uh, the moose in now. The breaking news that's happened. Hey, moose, he is in the chicken capital of Winyard. Um, I'm trying to remember. We were on a tour of the Florida Keys, a southern tour. And our our guide was guy's name. I'd have to ask Serena exactly how it went. It was a few years ago now. Stevie. And I said, where are you from, Stevie? And as I get older and I got these dang things plugged in my ears, my hearing's starting to go. I don't mind saying it. It gets me out of a lot of things, too. When I, oh, I didn't hear you. But where are you from, Stevie? And I thought he said the chicken capital. Is it either Winyard or, which is where Darren is, he's in Winyard, the chicken capital. I turned to Serena, we were on jet skis, and I said, did he just say the chicken capital? Winyard? <laughs> she goes, he said Brooklyn. New York. Oh, New York. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what did he say? Bob's your uncle. Yeah, that happened. Unreal. So, but that's where Darren is. He's in Winyard, the chicken capital right now. And here's the breaking news that's gone on so far. John Huffnagel stepping down as president of the Calgary Stampeders of the Canadian Football League, replaced by Jay McNeil. We didn't get to this earlier, uh, but we will from the National Lacrosse League. With many teams in the NLL across Canada, several more in the United States, you wouldn't know about it in terms of media coverage, but General Manager Derek Keenan announcing today that the Saskatchewan Rush have relieved Bruce Alexander of his coaching duties. Moving forward, Derek Keenan will take over duties as co-head coach alongside Jimmy Quinlan. I'll be honest, I don't care who it pisses off. I thought it was a very confusingly written news release. Darren and I had to put our heads together here and figure, what the hell? They, they just named three names and somebody got fired? And you said he was the offensive coordinator. Is that a thing in lacrosse? It's like a football? Yeah. You have a head coach and an offensive and defensive coaches. They made it sound like he was the head coach, but no, he was an assistant coach and they fired him. Do I have that right? You have that right. We had to do a little digging into subsequent releases from the offseason to find out that he was named the offensive coordinator in the offseason. And, and um, so Jimmy Quinlan's good. But when they say they're making a coaching change, I said, I'm like, did I miss the part where Jimmy Quinlan got fired? Until the, I read the <laughs> end of the news release that said he's there as a head coach. Okay. And I'm like, maybe he's back. So. Yeah, so that's, that's, that's the breaking news. And in Winnipeg, the home of the Blue Bombers football team has been called, uh, been renamed Princess Auto Stadium. Um, we talked about the NHL leftovers. There were quite a few games last night, but the highlights for us were the Vancouver Canucks shutting out Chicago 2-0, the Winnipeg Jets losing in Boston 4-1. And head coach Rick Bonus said afterwards, he wasn't, you're never happy when you lose, but he, 
To paraphrase, I believe he said it was our worst game in a while. Our passes weren't as hard as normal. And I, you notice those things as a head coach. The fans don't normally notice those things. The team hadn't given up more than three goals for 12 straight, or was it 14 straight? Whatever. It was a really long streak. And what happens is bad habits do creep in unless there's a coach like Rick Bonus and a good one on top of them. He's the kind of guy that would notice that the passes aren't as crisp as normal. They're mailing it in. You can't do that against a team like Boston. As a matter of fact, they were, um, you know, they weren't tested by teams in the long homestand in Winnipeg like they were last night at Boston. And now they got the Leafs twice, so this should be a huge week. From a Leafs perspective, and did I mention we worked out with Mike Palmatier's daughter this morning? I mentioned that an hour ago. How are you feeling about this home-and-home home Leafs and Jets this week from a, from a Leafs perspective? It's a big home-and-home home because you're playing against um, maybe the best team in Canada or one of the, the best three teams in Canada anyways between Winnipeg, Vancouver, and Edmonton. Um, and you're a team that hasn't been very consistent lately. And you can't follow up wins with wins. It's tough. So, yeah, as a, on the Leafs side, I think they're pretty nervous because. You know, you can have an off game against a team that's below you in the standings and you don't think anything of it. But when you get here, this is a, let's call it a mini playoff series. This is a real litmus test. And so Leaf fans are sitting there being like, okay, now we can measure ourselves. If we can get up for the big games and win two big games, we're going to feel pretty good. But if we soil ourselves and Winnipeg runs our show, we're going to start thinking that, okay, we don't have much of a chance this year. Yeah, well, the pressure's on that much. Thanks for the update. Thanks for the analysis. Bill Edwards is watching in the Queen City and says, Rod, do you know if there has been approval for a new rink in Calgary? And if so, where will it be going? There has been. The Premier, Danielle Smith, pretty much won the election on that platform. This is my understanding. It's a go, and it's supposed to be going directly north of where the Saddledome is now. And I guess you were just there, Bill, last week to watch uh, the Flames and Leafs and the Hitmen and Blades. So just envision it. It's all parking area right now, just north of the Saddle. And we're going to put it right there. But if you were just there and they haven't broken ground yet, don't hold me responsible. Um, by the way, a couple of things I wanted to get into, because we are canada's daytime sports talk show we are the view for sports fans or some might say the social i just realized the other day they're still on the air good for them but we're in season five what season are they in 27 they've been around a long time but they talk about issues like this corey perry when he was introduced and by the way when do we have brian weeb coming up is he next segment clark yeah next segment Brian Weeb from the BC Hockey Network to talk about Wexit and the five teams leaving Alberta Junior to go to the BC League, and then David Murdoch from Curling Canada after that. So I want to, we got to get into our NHL breakaway bets here in a second. But Corey Perry, it was only two months ago that the spit hit the fan in Chicago, right? And he was terminated by the Blackhawks for unacceptable behavior. Two months later. He's signed by the Edmonton Oilers, and he's sitting at a table, and I'm all for all of this. And him saying, if you need help, go find it and treat yourself. Which, by the way, it's not really 
manis and patties and bubble baths. <laughs> but when you say treat yourself, but you got the point. And he said, I can stand here and look in the mirror and feel good about myself. And I was like, wow, good for you, man. So there's that. And on the very same day, Dylan Dubé of the Calgary Flames, it's announced by the Flames that he's taking a leave of absence to deal with his mental health. And I don't know if you saw the fans' reaction to that. Like an idiot, I went in and read some of the responses. And they're like, why would you say that it's a mental health matter? Why are you you're, you're disrespecting his privacy? This is to the Flames. Their own fans were saying, why would you point that out? And uh, my thinking is, well, if we didn't tell you, you rubes would be up our ass until we told you. So this is what it is. Now, there's some legalities. Listen, this is the world that I live in, the recovery world, around players going into the substance abuse program, the player assistance program, which they didn't specifically say that's what he was doing. But it's all about wording and legal jargon and all the rest. I don't personally have a problem with the way they announced it, but I wonder if you do or our audience. No, I never do in these situations, especially when it's something personal and a player, you know, dealing with things. We can't even begin to understand what they're going through as professional athletes. And all we, you know, we want to say, wipe your tears with your thousand dollar bills and your millions of dollars. We don't understand what that's like either, you know? So uh, this is a situation for me when these things come up and a player is taking a leave of absence for a personal matter, um, I'm thinking, okay, I don't really care what it is. If that's what you need, take all the time you need and uh, hope you get better and come back as a stronger person and player. Allie's watching in Texarkana and she says, I thought that was very brave of him. It, it was for Corey to say, I only read the quote. I didn't see him say it. But it seemed like he said it just as flippantly as, hey, I went for a walk around the park. You know, hey, I addressed my mental health and I feel great now. And that's the way that it should be. So, yeah, that, uh, I went down the mental health road here. So that's part of why I think I have this platform to do it. And one thing I realized, I had, was invited to go for lunch one day by a psychologist. And we were talking about stress which I did at that time, I did not have a certification in stress, man stress management. And she said, well, Rod, you deal, um, I think she said, she goes, I deal with firefighters, I deal with lawyers, I deal with this. I said, oh, I just deal with athletes. Like it was no big deal. And she was like, well, stress is stress. And uh, she goes, the stress that's felt by that pitcher in the bottom of the ninth in front of 40,000 people on national TV is no different than the stress of a firefighter running into a burning building carrying out a child. Stress is stress. And it's also relative. So whether you're making $10 million a year or $1 a year, it's, it's a big deal to you. You know what I mean? These were all things that I learned. And it's 111 Eastern. I'm just throwing that out there right now. And you're right. We all think these guys are making kajillions of dollars. More money, literally, than they can spend. Literally. But who was it that sang more money, more problems? Who sang that? I don't know, but the guy knew what he yeah. was talking about. Not that I, you know, you. Who, who sang? No, I don't remember off the top of my head if that was more money, more problems. It's one rapper. I don't know who it was, but it was, Thank you're going to you, Google Mark. it. <laughs> Clark had it. Clark is the rapper in the house. He is the rapper aficionado. The notorious B.I.G. There you go. Thanks, Clark.
a fountain of useful information. Notorious B.I.G. saying, mo money, mo problems. Anyways, it's a sports show. And that's another thing. We are going to get into Wexit next segment with uh, Brian Weeb to talk. Because it's a huge deal, by the way. If you don't think five teams leaving the Alberta Junior Hockey League to go to B.C. is a huge deal, then go away. Because it's a huge deal. It's like college football teams leaving conferences for more money, more opportunity, better recruiting chances. It's the same thing. So I guess my point, you know, people wanted more analysis last hour. I'm like, we'll get to it. I like the way that we just ding, 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 ding. What did that one guy say? ADD. Thank you. I'll take that. Because this morning when I was on the treadmill, I was watching... Uh, the ESPN radio this morning. Same three people. And by the way, they're really good. That's why I listen to them every day. But Evan Cohen, Chris Canty, and Michelle Smallman. Still talking about Josh Allen and why he can't win the big game. I'm like, really? Can we please move on? You talked about it for three hours yesterday. I don't want to be that show. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, want, I don't want to be that show. Just sit there in the swamp and talk about the same crap all the time. That is never going to be us. The day that it is, I'm hanging it up. Breakaway bets. I'm, I'm interested in what you think is the game of the night. I think most people would say it's Columbus at Edmonton. Would you? No. No. No! I mean, because of the streak, How about that? But I think we're expecting Columbus, you know, or Edmonton to win that game. To lose? I'm looking at the games right now, too. You know, Flames and Blues, maybe. I think the Islanders and Golden Knights, you know. What did, what did the coach in Vegas call it? A beer league game the other night? And Patrick Waukee won his opener. You know, I'm curious to see what happens there. Um, oh, okay, hang on. Sorry to interrupt. No. Joe Lazito. Joe Lazito is watching in New York. Number one, he said the Islanders fans, not him, but the Islanders fans called him, called Lane Lambert. Lame, Lambert. And Joe also wrote in and said, Will Arnett is from Lego Batman. Even still, that? bro, I no clue. <laughs> right over my head. So forget about the games of the night. We're going to pick them all. The winners. Ottawa, Montreal. Who wins? I'll take Montreal. Um, I'll take Ottawa. Dallas at the Detroit Red Wings. Dallas, Jake Ottinger is expected to start. I'll take the start. Okay, I'm going to take Detroit. That, that's easy. This is going fun. Yeah. Tampa Bay at Philadelphia. That's a real I'll take Philly. knocker. I will too. Vegas at the Islanders. I'm going to take the Islanders. Uh, perfect, because I'm taking Vegas. Washington at Minnesota. I'll take the Caps. Um, me too. St. Louis at Calgary. I will take the Calgary Flames. Yeah, I'm going to take the Flames too. Okay. Columbus at Edmonton. I'll jump out and I'll say the Oilers. Yeah. Um, I got to say the Oilers. Yeah. But it'll be somebody Buffalo like Columbus or San Jose that'll ruin it. Buffalo at Anaheim? Uh, Anaheim. Times two. 
and the New York Rangers at the San Jose Sharks. New York. Yeah, me too. Because they lost in L.A., they got to get it going. And Moose, it looks like you're done. Thanks for your contributions. Have a great you betcha. RP show day. You too. All right. When we come back, we're going to get into Wexit with Brian Weeb. That's West Exit, for those that don't know. Brian Weeb from the BC Hockey Network. He's no stranger to this show. It's been too long. I'm very much looking forward to this chat. We'll be right back on Game Plus Television, WQEE Radio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube Live. Need a champion for your charity event? An all-star for your seminar? How about an Olympian to give a winning keynote speech? EMJ Marketing is the place to go. EMJ Marketing is one of Canada's top speaker bureaus with some of Canada's most recognizable athletes and entertainers on their roster. EMJ also represents a wide range of impactful keynote speakers and MCs. So whether you need to fill a spot on stage or someone to arrange the entire event, do it with one stop, EMJ Marketing. Take the first step to success for your next event. Visit emjmarketing.com. Send us your opinions now. We won't victimize you unless you really deserve it. Now back to your host, Rod Peterson. Hey, everybody. It's a beautiful day to be talking sports. And uh, just ahead of our next guest, Brian Weeb, I want to remind you the Telemiracle 50-50 online raffle is live now. If you're a fan of Saskatchewan, if you're a fan of this show, and if you're a fan of helping people, would you please do me a favor and go right now to telemiracle5050.com and purchase your tickets? All we ask is that you be 18 years of age or over, and you have to be in Saskatchewan to do it. Tickets will be on sale until February 23rd, but don't wait till then, please. Winner, of course, gets half the final jackpot. That's how 50-50s work. All proceeds go to Telemiracle 48, the other half. It's Saskatchewan's charity, as you all know. Visit telemiracle.com to learn how the Kinsman Foundation is helping people every day in our wonderful province to improve their independence and quality of life. All right. Please bring in Brian Weeb. Brian, there's a lot of people in Sask just sitting, waiting for your words on Wexit. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. The five teams leaving Alberta Junior Hockey League to go to BC. Dude, what's your take more than anything? And by the way, he's with BC Hockey Network. Blah, blah, blah. We all know that. What do you have to say about <laughs> it? Well, I mean, I was shocked when I started to see the rumors on, uh, on Friday night. And then I think all of that smoke caused the BCHL to attempt to put out the fire in the fact that uh, they announced it on Saturday. And I mean, my initial thought is, I mean, you talked about it a few years ago. It's been rumored for, gosh, I'll be honest, Rod, like 20 years I've been involved in covering the league or in the league itself. I've been, I've been involved in the rumors have always been there, like that there was some sort of super league coming. And although it's not quite that at this point, but grabbing those, those five teams from the Alberta Junior Hockey League. I think what's happened is is really my first thoughts were those clubs recognize that the BCHL leaving Hockey Canada and leaving the Canadian Junior Hockey League hasn't been a huge detriment. I know, and I'm glad that I called a mentor of mine this morning in Junior A to talk about this. 
because there were a lot of threats when BC Hockey League talked about leaving, and they didn't care. They did it anyways. And I won't say from whom or where, but they did it anyways. Like you just said, they survived, maybe thrived, maybe went to a new level. Yeah. And are those, are those five teams saying in Alberta saying, we want part of this? Like, why, why would they do so. this now? I think that's what it is. I think it's like, we know that what Hockey Canada has a number of restrictions in place for junior A hockey. And the BCHL wasn't pleased with a lot of those restrictions. And as a result, decided to make the move to, to leave Hockey Canada. And I think that, and I'll be honest, I think a lot of leagues across the country in junior A and B, for that matter, uh, we're looking at the success or lack of success, depending on how it went for the BCHL this season, and are potentially thinking to themselves, hmm, this might not be all that bad. And so now these five teams leaving the Alberta Junior Hockey League and joining the BCHL as expansion clubs don't have those restrictions either. And I think the other piece of the pie here is that BCHL teams at this point, like there's no January 10th deadline in the BCHL. It's a later deadline. And so as a result, like they could sign any player from any Alberta Junior Hockey League team right now with zero compensation going back the other way. As an independent league, the BCHL can do that. Just like we've seen it over the years, players leave Junior A teams and leagues in Canada and go down to the United States Hockey League or the North American Hockey League in the U.S. And so... Uh, I think that's the other thing that these AJHL teams are doing is they're now protecting themselves because if those BCHL teams want any of the players that are on their roster, now that they're part of the league, they have to trade for them. I'm trying to relate this. God bless the American viewers and fans. I'm, you know, they're trying to get their head around this. It's complicated, Brian. I, I believe it is. And it's not a lot different than uh, football schools changing conferences for their own reasons. But I guess one thing Darren talked about last hour, and he's very close to the junior A scene too, is that did the BC Hockey League feel they were falling behind the Western Hockey League and major junior in terms of recruiting players? I mean, what? Because this is the thing. I know a lot of coaches that have worked in BC and are now out of, they're across the country, but still in junior A, and they say money, 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 money is the reason they're doing it. And I, I'm still trying to get my head around that. <laughs> what is it? All of the above or what? Yeah, I, I think a little bit. I mean, I'm not so sure that it's uh, a recruiting battle with the Western Hockey League because the BCHL published a, a really extensive white paper a couple years ago that outlines everything. And I've seen a lot of references on social media this week where people are like, why is this happening? And I'm like, well, read the white paper because it lays it all out. They didn't necessarily look at um, major junior hockey in Canada as being this horrible, horrible thing and stealing their players and all that kind of stuff. They just wanted Hockey Canada to recognize that there's another track to, to acknowledge that there are players that have no interest in playing major junior hockey, no interest in being part of the Canadian development model because their goal is getting an education and going and playing in the United States. And we've seen the number of college players in the National Hockey League that you know, that are alumni of the NCAA Division One that really lend it to some credence to that. And so I think what it was is the BCHL just wanted that sort of recognition and they were fed up with not getting it. And now they want to be the premier track to college hockey in Canada, um, much like the United States Hockey League is in the U.S. When I reported it three years ago, the addendum to this was that the BC Hockey League would be a division of the USHL. And I don't know. It was just what I was told. <laughs> How the hell would I know? And that never did happen. 
Will it ever? Yeah. Do you think? <laughs> um, I, I'm not sure of that. I mean, it's could, could we see us? The, the one thing about the USHL to remember is that it is sanctioned by USA Hockey, and and that's the one thing is that there's a there's a bit of a gray area here because what international federations are supposed to do is recognize the I'm trying to think about the the right language here, but essentially USA Hockey is supposed to recognize the fact that the BCHL is a non-sanctioned league and shouldn't permit its players to move and to and from or play against or whatever. Um, but what we've seen recently is that there have been BCHL players, uh, international players that played in the World Junior Championship this year. And technically, again, based on IIHF, um, you know, acknowledgement of other federations rules, they shouldn't have because those players are playing non-sanctioned hockey this season by playing in the BC Hockey League. And so I don't think that we'll see the BCHL be a division of, but I could see there maybe some sort of agreement between the teams that, you know, you get games against or a tournament or something like that, especially if the BCHL continues to expand east. I appreciate the, the explanation and say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the durbin marshall credit card bill i feel like now we're getting somewhere for the people that didn't know and that includes me you've been on top of this for a long time but basically the bc hockey league junior a hockey league was upset at hockey canada's rules they broke off on their own and they actually didn't die so now alberta's looking at it going hmm we'd like a part of this too and my next point is there are other teams looking at it too. We know that. Okay. I think leagues. Sorry, I think that's what it is. I think I was just gonna say, I think yeah. leagues, I think what we'll see is there will be other leagues in Canada that are at the junior A level that will break away from hockey Canada and not be junior A at all. They'll just be a non sanctioned junior hockey league. Yes. And my point on that is I don't expect hockey can change their rules. And full disclosure. I'm a Hockey Canada guy. I am. I get what their, where their rules came from and why. I do. I don't, they're not going to be bullied by junior A leagues, right? Like this is, a, this is a standoff is kind of where it's at. It's absolutely what it is. It's a standoff, like there's no doubt. And I think that these five teams leaving the Alberta Junior Hockey League to be expansion teams in the BCHL, because let's make no bones about it, they're expansion clubs in the BCHL because uh, a junior A team under Hockey Canada's model can't have lineage in a non-sanctioned league. Sure, they can have the same name and logo and all that kind of stuff. But I, I think you're absolutely right in the fact that, like, I do think that this is going to, I think the BCHL leaving and thriving, like getting attack, attention from NC, you know, NCAA schools, which isn't Hockey Canada's mandate, I get that, but also the National Hockey League. You know, the central scouting rankings come out and there's still BCHL players, you know, among the top at that level um, in the in the draft rankings. And that draws attention as well. So I, I don't think Hockey Canada will ignore this, but I'm with you. I don't think that it necessarily is going to institute sweeping changes to its regulations. Um, when, let's be honest, we know teams have been working to get around those regulations for years. It's just the BCHL didn't want to try to stick handle 
no pun intended, although maybe it is a pun intended, <laughs> um, tried, tried to get around that, um, by having, you know, residence changes and stuff like that, which is much more detailed than I'm, I'm going to get into and have time with you here today. But that's the thing is that the BCHL finally just said, you know what, this is enough. Like we don't want to make families, players go through all this stuff. Um, and I think those five teams in Alberta are too. So I, I'm with you. I don't think Hockey Canada is going to change that. I just think we could end up seeing a higher level of non-sanctioned hockey in Canada. Well, let me just say this. It was so nice to be able to pick up the phone and call a guy, have him answer it, and know he wasn't going to BS me. You know, and he, he laid it all out. You, you get it, right? And, he, and yeah. the one thing he said was, those five teams haven't been kicked out of the been out of the AJ yet. He goes, but the day ain't over yet. He goes, they're meeting on it now. He goes, I wouldn't be surprised if they were, but as of yet, they're not. And uh, it was just nice to be able to. And that's what you're doing for us. So Brian, I appreciate that. And tell our audience if you don't mind where they can follow all of this uh, with your coverage. Uh, thanks very much, Rod. Uh, bchlnetwork.com, uh, bchlnetwork.ca is where you can uh, check out uh, my team of writers that are working on content uh, about this. The latest article up there is one speculating about what the new divisions might look like in the BCHL come the 24-25 season. Um, and on, on all your social media handles too, uh, at bchlnetwork is where to find uh, the, the content. And me on, uh, on social media, especially X, formerly known as Twitter, is at B Brian underscore Weeb will always be Twitter to me. Brian, thanks, thanks, Rod, for, me thanks too. for the time. <laughs> yeah, happy, happy trails. You got it. Thanks so much, man. All right, Brian Weeb joining us from uh, the wet coast. The other coast. Long ways away from where we are right now. I'll tell you that for free. A, uh, a sports update before we break, and we bring in David Murdoch. Yes, that David Murdoch. General Manager Derek Keenan announcing today that the Saskatchewan Rush have relieved Bruce Alexander of his coaching duties. They are a league worst one and four in the National Lacrosse League. Saskatchewan's back in action February 3rd when Panther City Lacrosse Club is in town. The Edmonton Oilers aim for their 14th consecutive victory tonight as they entertain the Columbus Blue Jackets. Oilers winning streak of 13 is the longest ever by a Canadian NHL team. The Montreal Canadiens host the Ottawa Senators in an all-Canadian clash at Centre Bell. The two clubs met last Thursday in Ottawa. The Habs won 6-2 there. Later tonight, the Calgary Flames look to snap a two-game slide as they host the St. Louis Blues. Sports updates brought to you by Landmark Cinemas in theaters now. The Beekeepers, starring Jason Statham, Josh Hutcherson, Jeremy Irons, Dan Lee, Minnie Driver, and Felicia Rashad. In the beekeeper, one man's brutal campaign for vengeance takes on national stakes after he is revealed to be a former operative of a powerful and clandestine organization known as the Beekeepers. From the director of Fury and End of Watch comes the beekeeper in Landmark Cinemas Now and also brought to you by Common Crown Brewing Company, turning your everyday common beer into a unique and exceptional experience. Visit commoncrown.ca. David Murdoch joins us next from Curling Canada. We're live on the Game Plus TV network across all 10 provinces, two territories, and 31 U.S. states. Also live on the radio in Atlanta, WQEE, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube Live. Are you struggling in life, perhaps feeling hopeless, 
or even battling an addiction that's taking your life down the drain. It's time you made the decision to stop the struggle and contact Peterson Recovery. Hi, Rod Peterson here, and I've been a licensed recovery coach since 2017, helping athletes, entertainers, and soldiers get their lives back and go on to lead a happy life. Now, I'd like to help you. Mental health is real, and sometimes all it takes is some guidance from someone who's been there. Follow Peterson Recovery on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and DM me, or email petersonrecovery at aol.com. It's never too late. Oh, yeah. He's back. Time for more of the Rod Peterson Show. Uh, yes, that is a fact. And by the way, everybody, uh, if you haven't heard, which I know you have, you just saw the commercial, I would hope that uh, tickets are on sale now for the Montana's Briar presented by AGI. It's in Regina's Brand Center. Curling.ca slash tickets to get yours. All youth tickets, just $9.99. And we're going to talk, uh, for all draws, by the way, we're going to talk curling now. David Murdoch joins us. He is the director of high performance for Curling Canada. And I remember when he was hired some time ago. Hi, David. Welcome to the RP Show. I was like, interesting hire. It's been, and, and, and obviously a guy that knows his way around the house, if you will. But uh, how's it been? It's been a while now. How's it been in this role as director of Curling Canada? Yeah, thanks, Rod. It's, um, it's been about 10 months now, so it's given me an yeah. opportunity to really, uh, you know, really assess the program and, and figure out, you know, where do we want to take the direction of this program, you know, where our strengths, weaknesses are and, and our visions for the future. So it's been, uh, yeah, very busy and, and productive. Well, I should mention, we're two-time world champion Olympic silver medalist too when i say you know your way around the house that's a fact but just tell our audience by the way that that aren't acquainted why it was important for you to come to canada and take this role it's a it's a pretty nice story well i led the uh, british program for uh, the best part of five years and um you know there was always going to be uh and lots of opportunities there in the, in the UK sports system. But equally, um, you know, I've, I've always loved coming to Canada. I've been coming over here for the best part of 30 years, every year. Um, my wife's Canadian, and I like the, I liked the challenge. I like what was presented to me and uh, threw my hat in the ring. And hopefully some of the ideas that uh, I can offer and vision that we can take this program forward. So it was an exciting challenge, but, you know, that's, that's where I wanted to head. David Murdoch, Director, High Performance. So please tell me, what does that in, entail? What's filling your days and what are your goals? Yeah, it encompasses quite a lot. We, obviously, we have our, our national team program. So that's um, our men's, women's teams, mixed doubles teams. We have our wheelchair program as well, uh, overseeing the, the next gen program. So there's, uh, you know, an, an input into just the, the whole um, sporting system uh, towards you know, our NSO Curling Canada here. So yeah, lots, lots to be involved in. You know, it's it's uh, busy days dealing with athletes, coaches, um, stakeholders. So there's lots there to, to get busy with. So it, uh, it, it's, uh, it's exciting. It's a, it's a great job. Well, I was reading a little bit on this when you were hired. And I mean, there's some pressure there too. You're taking over from Jerry Peckham and I'll be honest, I'm Canadian. I feel like we're the greatest in the world. We may not win all the time, but we're still the greatest. Uh, that's my take. <laughs> and Jerry's a big reason. 33 years in the role, right? Like that's, that, there's, was there some pressure there? Stepping into these shoes? 
I think all these jobs are pressure, right? And 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 especially especially this job, given the success that Canadian curling's uh, you know had over the past thirty forty years. Um, but I think we're realising just how challenging now that's becoming. You know, we're starting to see international tra- teams training full time, putting all the resources maybe into say one team, and uh, and they're bringing them over here for for you know quite considerable periods of time. So, you know, that's that's a challenge. Uh, that's one that we have to navigate. We still have, you know, the, the greatest strength and depth in this country, and it's now uh, just looking at how we can probably enhance that and utilise what we have in, in a, you know, more productive manner. Um, Jerry's been such a great resource for me coming into this job, so we still have uh, some good contact, and that's just really helped the, the transition so we can get up and running a little bit quicker. And uh, and that's that's exciting to, you know, just bounce some ideas around with them even. I tell you what I love about all this is since we've started this Curling Canada segment, we've had Nolan Thiessen on, the new CEO. We had Shannon Clybrink on just last week, co-chair of the Scotties, and now yourself. Ten months on the job for you, that would mean this is your first season of champions, as we call it in Canada. Uh, did the juices flow a little bit when uh, the playdowns are happening at the provincial level and then the national championships are right around the corner? How much do you miss it, or how how are you feeling about that? Well, I think now, now you're into the business end of the season, right? It's almost we have... Uh... You know the summer to train, the tour season that leads up to these events, and and this is what it's about. You know the Briar, the Scotties. It's it's the national pride. It's the chance to go to the World Championships. There's so much at stake, and certainly for our program, uh, you know there's there's high expectations, and and the athletes have high expectations too about winning. You know their dreams and goals and, and things they want to achieve. But equally, we need to go to World Championships and and have uh, have success there. We want to be a podium threat at every international event we go to. Uh, this year is the start of the Olympic qualification period, so uh, our totals this year and next and the following season would uh, would uh, determine if our country's represented at the Olympic Games. So so there's there's a lot on the line, and, and that's why we're, we're putting every, uh, every little bit of effort we can into helping our teams be as successful as possible. And when you were hired, you said there's work to be done. We'd be naive or arrogant to say there isn't. Um, and none of it not being in the Scotties would be an example of there's work to do there. You know, what, what, what are the challenges that you face right now? Yeah, I think what we're seeing is, you know, the country's just, you know, the country's so large. So how do we, how do we maximize the daily training environment? That's, that's our biggest challenge. And we've been exploring some ideas there about how we could, you know, utilize our training in different ways, how we can tack that on to some competitions and, and also bring the resources that Curling Canada has in terms of national coaches or, you know, uh, analysts to allow them to, uh, you know, train together. Because we, we do have athletes all over the country. You know, some teams are, are even in different parts of the country. So it's it's not an easy thing to, to, uh, to centralize. And, and that's not an area that we could really look at. So we have to be a little bit more innovative and, and explore some other options there about how we, uh, how we utilize our training. What is the state of curling in Canada in your mind? Yeah, well, it's it's interesting being over here. You know, there's uh, obviously it's COVID was tough. It, it, the country shut down for long periods of time. That affected, um, you know, 
a wide range of our of our programming and, and especially the junior level i think we saw uh, you know just some of the juniors they are struggling to come back but i think what i've what i've been hearing is that that's that's already starting the trend starting to come back we're starting to get some more juniors into our clubs and uh, you know certainly for us we, that's something we're really trying to promote and diversify and how do we how do we bring more people into our sport so there's a lot of discussions at all levels here and, and having known Beeson coming in we're we're certainly uh you know we're looking at where we can go with a lot of these um these aspects so high performance is just one piece of the cog and and we need participation to to have top athletes so we're all in this together so it's uh, it, it's a combined effort to make sure that the sport just continues and, and grows, and, and that's where we want to take it. Sure. Well, interviews like this certainly help. Talk helps. And the thing is, anybody that curls loves it. It's got to get more people curling. <laughs> it's, it's not that hard. Uh, anything else, David, before we let you go? No, I think it's it's just uh, we're we're obviously approaching these uh, championship events. We've got our uh, the Scotties coming up in, in Windsport next month. We've got our Brian Regina. Uh, ticket sales are going well, but there are still a few tickets out there. So you want to come see some exciting athletes, great atmosphere. Uh, jump online, curl.ca, curling.ca, and, and grab yourself a ticket. They're going fast. Outstanding job, David. Uh, thank you. Uh, kudos on the roll. I know it's not new, but I think it's exciting that you have it. And uh, all the best. Hope to see you at the Briar. Thanks, Rod. Appreciate it. David Murdoch from Curling Canada. He's the director of high performance at Curling Canada. And there is that part of curling that's exciting. It's a little like NASCAR, that if the action on the ice isn't as exciting for you, just like the cars going around the track. There's the drama off the ice, the curling wars. And Brendan Botcher said this, and Hebert said that. Ooh, Kevin Martin said this. That's the, that's the comparison that I drew. I know not everybody's like that, but it's exciting to follow as well. We'll be right back with uh, overtime, whatever you'd like to talk about when we return for Overtime Hockey Lanes, we'll be right back on Game Plus Television, WQEE Radio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube Live. You got something to say? You want to add to the show? What are you waiting for? Don't just sit there. Say something. Now, back to the studio with Rod. Okay, everybody. Overtime is brought to you by our friends at Overtime Hockey Lanes in Calgary. Baseball's got batting cages. Golf has driving ranges. Why wouldn't hockey have shooting lanes? It's exactly what they have. Come on, Calgary. You're a hockey city. What are you waiting for? Go check out Overtime Hockey Lanes. Tell them Rod sent you. They'll give you a good seat there, fully licensed. They got a restaurant in there. Just call ahead. You can get the Rod Peterson Show lane. Ask for Randy or Michelle. Today, I hope you've had as much fun on this show today as I have. We talked about the things that are near and dear to me. I, I'll say it again. That Wexit, <laughs> five Alberta teams leaving the Alberta Junior Hockey League to go to BC is big news with the girls I go with. And uh, I think we did get to the bottom of it. It's a standoff here between Junior A Hockey Leagues 
and Hockey Canada. Who wins? <laughs> I don't, glad, I'm very glad I'm not in the middle of it, I can tell you that, because there's a lot of pissed off people. Yeah, we talked about a lot of things that I wanted to talk about today, which is great because it's the Rod Peterson Show. Mental health, David in Winnipeg writes in regarding Corey Perry, saying that he sought mental health support. Now he's great. Let's go. Let's go, Oilers. David in Winnipeg on the 902 line says, even though professional athletes perform and live in the public eye, they deserve privacy when dealing with personal issues, whether they are addiction or mental health related. Healing takes help and time. For sure. But, I mean, the thing happened. The spit hit the fan with Corey Perry. He went and sought help. We all knew he sought help. We all knew that was happening. But then we never thought about him, I don't think, while he was away. And then he reappears with the rumors of who he's going to sign with. And now he's back. He's like, ta-da, which is the way you would hope it would work. And I saw, listen, do you see what Corey Perry, maybe it wasn't him that said it, but somebody reported his mental health support team and professionals supported him going back to playing in the NHL this season. And that's what anybody will tell you. Get back on the horse. Get back to your routine. Get back to what you do as soon as possible. Normalize your routine. Because sitting around, pissing and moaning doesn't help anybody. So none of this surprises me. And I think it's great. And the thing with Dylan Dubé leaving the Flames... For who? I have no clue. Again, swear in my mother's grave what Dylan Dubé is dealing with. Uh, people are upset at the Flames for announcing that that's why he left. But it's because of the nosy fans and the annoying media. If they didn't tell them in the news release where he went, you'd all be bitching that they didn't tell you. So I don't have an issue with that either. And it puts him under the gun, frankly, to get serious about it. Corey Perry had to deal with the public humiliation of his unacceptable behavior as termed by the Chicago Blackhawks. He's not denying that. He never did. But it shouldn't be a sentence forever. We talk about the differences, how leagues, different leagues deal with these things. Arlen Bruce IV, never going to play pro football because he bet on his own team's games in college. Again, just passing it along. That's a life sentence for him, but not for the other guys. Okay. The other thing, that this is, what, this is what the audience gravitated to the most. The stadium in Winnipeg, the home of the Blue Bombers, as of today, is called Princess Auto Stadium. You didn't think that would be mocked? by their rivals of course they did the princess auto also writing a big check and well <laughs> good bad and sublime text messages coming in on this jim wagner he's a rider fan from Belgoni sask he writes in and says the princess auto banjo bowl very winnipegish we got to get a lynch sound effect very Winnipegish. The Princess Auto Banjo Bowl. No judgment here. Winnipeg been very, very good to me. I don't have any problem. I think the Tim Horton Stadium is a lot more weird than Princess Auto Stadium. Tim Horton's Field. 
But again, who cares? They didn't. They don't ever ask me. You don't hear about the Dunkin' Donuts arena. Not that I've ever heard. Rhonda writes in from Swift Current, and she says, a bit of Canadian trivia for you. My husband tells me that Princess Otto originated in Winnipeg. I didn't know that, so thank you, Rhonda, but that's usually how it goes. Estero, Florida, home of the uh, Florida Everblades hockey team in the East Coast Hockey League. Their arena is called the Hertz Arena in Estero, Florida, Naples area, the home and birthplace of Hertz rental car. How about that? How about that? Brant Center. Brant Center, Regina, the home of Brant. See what we did there? That's, I like that. The hometown company made their millions or billions, and now they're giving back. I love it. Sastel Center, home of the Rush. Uh, Rhonda goes on to say, I have found with curling now that everyone has become so good that they rarely miss a shot. So I don't find it as exciting as it used to be when Kevin Martin would call a triple raise takeout and actually make it. Shots like that are being made all the time now. I saw Moose called one a triple uh, knockout, triple takeout in the Provincial Women's Championship. I saw that highlight, Moose. I was paying attention. But that's the point. What, what do you watch NASCAR for? The wrecks. Can we just admit it? And the drama, and maybe there's going to be a fight. And that's the thing with curling. Maybe they'll miss a shot. Oh, man. All these things flooded into my mind. Maybe I'll save it for the podcast that I do with Serena, which we'll be recording tomorrow, the Cats and Bolts podcast, which somebody here in South Florida ripped off the name and stole and just started a new podcast, the Cats and Rats podcast. She has some thoughts she wants to let out on that. But remember when NHL games were one nothing and 2-1 and the games were perfectly played? That was boring. So I get what she's saying. Um, and the point I want to bring up is Alex Ovechkin saying him and Sidney Crosby saved the NHL. <laughs> People were initially up. They're like, what is something? Yeah, they did. That, that's how I feel. He was right. That's why I don't get why some people can say things and others can't and you get canceled. Yet this guy says the same thing but doesn't. I just don't get it. Okay, we're done. Hope you had a great time, everybody. I know we sure did. All the uh, hottest sports topics were covered here. We'll see you tomorrow, noon Eastern, Game Plus and Key Radio. Who has more fun than us? <laughs> this is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.